What's up, beer drinkers? How y'all doing this week? We got another great show for you this week. We start off with some a couple of great beers. Um, drink and review those. Uh, we have our beer news, which is short and sweet. Only two beer no- news stories this week. And our cold brew list. We have... Uh, we look forward to our Labor Day weekend and some beer pairings that maybe some of y'all might want to try. And during our drunken shenanigans, uh, we, we talk about a lot of things, including a uh, little preseason football. And I do have a list of my favorite garbage pail kids. And then we go off a little bit on that <laughs> because uh, why not? You know, um, it's, it's fun to talk about and reminisce in nostalgia. And don't forget. This week, we have uh, Amanda and I have our review of the movie Get Out. Uh, this, the following one will be Us, and then the third one will be Nope. So, uh, episode one is already out on podcast and YouTube. Just search Cold Brew Podcast. And speaking of searching Cold Brew Podcast, check us out on Untapped and Instagram, Cold Brew Podcast. All right, so without further ado, it's time for another Cold Brew. Coming at you pre-recorded from Cold Brew Studios. I am Greg. He is Sorcerer Chromatic, and we're here to talk about beer. Yes, we are. How you doing this week, man? Oh, good. Good, yeah. another nice summer week. It's warming up. In fact, we might get a, a monsoon up here. That's what they're saying. So by the time the show dropped, it would have passed through uh, the state, uh, whatever parts. I don't know where it's going to hit harder, but... Mm. They said it's going to be really, really hot and humid at the beginning of the week, and then it's supposed to hit and clear up by the weekend. Okay, hopefully you guys won't get any dust storms though. Yeah, we're not we're not all dusty like you guys. <laughs> Central Valley might though. You never know. Uh, but uh, anyway, oh yeah, hopefully it won't be too bad, and it'll just be just another light dusting of rain. But anyway, well, we need rain. I think, yeah, everyone in the West needs rain right right about now, right? Pretty much. All right. Uh, We had a little bit of rain today. Uh, Luckily, you know, it was my daughter's birthday party weekend. So on Saturday, we had the party and uh, it was clear skies all day. It got a little windy in the evening. We thought maybe a storm might come through. But by that time, we were already all inside and it it was all packed and put away. And then uh, it did rain today, though, Sunday. Uh, but not nothing too bad over here on the West Valley. I don't know about the East Valley. Sometimes they get, you know, big old huge, you know, a monsoon storm comes through and just knocks everything down over here. We're like, you know, we're high and dry. But you never know. So let's get to the beer, shall we? Sure. All right. So today I have from our good friends at Oso Brewing Company. They're, uh, they're all over the place. They got like four or five different... The locations right now, like in Gilbert and Arcadia, and I think Scottsdale might have one. Um, but they're going to build one out here in Surprise soon. Uh, in fact, it's 
they already started building the foundations up and it's a whole little shopping plaza it's gonna be a thing it's gonna be a thing out here so uh waiting for that but right now what i could tell you is i have from i have uh, ales from the crypt which is one of their series of uh of strong beers that they put out and i have the one called cryptnosis it's a stroop waffle it was released february 2022 in fact uh just a little side note uh from the ales from the crypt series their tequero which is a te tequila barrel um aged beer um i believe it won a uh medal at gabf but uh let me i digress coming back to the stroop waffle is actually a collaboration with laughing monk brewing and rowley farmed ale house that was pretty cool, huh? Uh, let's see here. Finished on caramel and dark chocolate. 33% uh, wheat wine in... Wheat in, wine. Wheat wine in uh, Colorado bourbon. A CO bourbon. 17% uh, rye wine in 13-year 1792 bourbon. 70% barley wine in Woodford bourbon. 70% barley wine in bourbon finished sherry and 70% rye wine in six year what's that okay I can't read this this font six year by oh six year and six month rum finished in Templeton rye so a lot of uh this is a big blend this is a big blend this is cryptosis yeah man they got they got a lot of flavors uh, going on there yeah 16% alcohol by volume it is a 16 ounce can hashtag choose AC brews and without further ado, Papa. Oh, nice. What do you got? Well, for another nice summer week, and my per per my search for the perfect summer vlogger. Oh yeah. I have an offering way out from out the way by way of Tejas. <laughs> okay. Hey baby, qué pasó? I have from China. I have their. Orale. Mexican Orale. style service. By the way, uh, Martinez Brewing, uh, Del Cielo, I'm sorry. Marcelo out of Mar Del Cielo Brewing out of Martinez, yeah. California, has a beer called Orale, which is also a Mexican style beer. Oh. So, uh, yeah, I guess you're going to have a steel cage deathmatch to see who's <laughs> leaps down. Right. right. But this one is a Mexican style cerveza. Isn't just a crisp and clean brewed, uh, crisp and crisp and clean beer brewed with agave. It's a rallying cry. It's a way to say hi, huh? And hell yeah. To awesome <laughs> night to head. Say the word, orale. Orale. It was first brewed in the first brewed in 2022. So this is a brand new beer for them. ABV is 4.50%. Bitterness is 20 on the IBU. Available year-round in bottles, cans, and drafts. I have a bottle of it. Right away, uh, when I think of the uh, American-style beer with agave in it, I think of the OG Tequiza. Remember Tequiza back in the day? <laughs> oh, that's so garbage, man. What? Yeah, I do remember it, and it was such garbage. Oh, uh, yeah. And then... um. Dosaki, Stoki, Dosaki, Dosaki, Sewell. Oh, and that yeah. had a little, uh, that had a little bit of it. And then, um, 
Modelo, the Modelo Reserva had a little bit of a, well, they mm -hmm. said it was finished in tequila barrels, so it had a little Ave, uh, you know, uh, pick to it. So, yeah. Uh, interesting way to go with this, but it is summer, it is a lager, and I'm looking for the one and only. So, without any further ado, Papa. El Perfecto. Actually, that was Kappa. Oh, yeah. Papa. But no, why? All right, so this uh, cryptosis. Oh, oh yeah, go ahead. I, plastic mistake. I, I used a, a bottle opener. It's, it's a twist. <laughs> well, you can always uh, use a bottle opener on a twist off. You can't always twist off a right. cap. You need an opener for. But, no, I get that. It's like, uh, but at the same time, it's like I expected a papa. Yeah, a true papa. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, but because of the the, the threads, it didn't give you a good pop. Right. But hey, that's how they do it in Texas, right? <laughs> they make it easy for everybody. Right. Easy access to the beer. He you know. All no, right. it's probably because you only get one bottle option when you're ordering beer bottles. Then. <laughs> <laughs> that's all they make down there, yeah. There's yeah. state regulations. You want left hand or right handed beer? <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, correct. This Cryptnosis, man, this is a big fucking beer, dude. This is huge. This has got yeah, tons dude. of flavor. All that barrel, barrel aginess you call that? Exactly. Yeah, I can't. I can't really. It. I. It's hard to wrap my head around it. I mean, I can't taste every single individual barrel. My palate isn't that sophisticated. However, I get a big notes of like dates and figs and and sweet. Um, it's super warm in the finish. I get a little, uh, um, like a little bit of a, like an earthy taste. I'm guessing maybe that's kind of from the rye. Um, I'm getting a little bit of vanilla too, but I don't know if that's just perceived vanilla because it's sweet. It's a, it's a, it's an awesome beer, man. <laughs> this is, this is something I should not be drinking right before bed. I gotta tell All you right. that. But it, it's, it's, huh? yeah. Well, I mean, uh, it might wake me up, or I might get too drunk and get the spins. Who knows? Um, I don't know if I'll drink this whole thing. Who, uh, this is this definitely demands to be respected. I mean, if you're a, a a big beer drinker, you know you know what I'm talking about. Very good. All right, how's your beer treating you? Um, just a few sips, and it's <laughs> it is what it said. It it's light and crisp, but it's got that little agave kick to it. So um, I could totally uh, dig this on a hot day right now. Granted, it is a warm evening, but uh, this is definitely uh, uh, it's nice to pull the call for uh, this question on a hot day. Yeah. It, is it? Does it give you tequila vibes, or is it way better? Oh, it's way better. Yeah, it, okay. it's much more subtle. <laughs> okay, good. Very nice. All right, we will rate these beers later during our untapped portion of the show. Just search Cold Brew Podcast and friend us, and we'll friend you back. But right now, it is time for the beer news. All right. Short beer news segment this week. Short and sweet. Um, the first headline I got is from Inside Hook. And it is. And the headline is. World's largest beer exporter will cut production due to climate change. 
In a development that may finally get more Americans to pay attention to climate change, Mexican President Andrés Manuel López Obrador announced earlier this week that beer production in the northern regions of his country will cease due to severe water shortages, according to Fortune. Heineken and Mexican beer giant Grupo Modelo, which is controlled by AB InBev and, pro and produces beers like Corona, Modelo, Montejo, have production facilities in the north that will ostensibly be non-operational mo moving forward. This is not to say we won't produce any more beer, it's not to say we won't produce beer in the north that's over, Obrador said at press conference. They want to keep producing beer, increasing production, then all the support for the south or southeast. Due to factors including a lack of rain and water mismanagement, northern Mexico has experienced abnormally dry to exceptional drought conditions and water shortages have become increasingly dire as temperatures have risen in the hotter summer months, according to the Washington Post. We should really change water management not only in terms of climate change and what may re result from it, but also in terms of water demands. Our population has grown. Water demands grow. So things should change. Victor Magaña Rueda, a climatologist at the National Autonomous University of Mexico, told the Post. Until that change happens, beer production in Mexico will have to shift south or cease altogether. Either way, that's a major issue for both Mexico and its neighbor to the north as former provided 76% of all beer imported by the U.S. last year. Imported beer makes up close to 18% of all beer consumed in the United States, according to the Beer Institute. Uh, you can't get permits in places where there's no water, Obrador said. So we're going to intervene and that's what the state is for. And we talked about this a couple weeks ago about uh, in Monterrey. How they were uh, giving the public water to not only Heineken but also Coca-Cola. So I this right. yeah this is about beer. This isn't about Coke. Uh, this article anyway. But I'm hoping uh, Coca-Cola follows suit. Right. So I mean that that's good. I mean it's just uh, wait. But yeah, if this is coming from the um, this is coming from the president. Why can't he make Coca-Cola stuff? Oh, I, I'm just saying this article is about beer. It, it doesn't touch a Coke. Maybe, maybe there is. Maybe uh, he's having Coke stop too. But then again, okay. yeah, Coca-Cola could always just say, "Hey, we're producing Aquafina to give to the citizens." But we all know Aquafina sucks. I like it. That mineral. <laughs> you would. <laughs> all right, moving right along. A little bit happier story that I found. Indiana. Have you ever been to Indiana? Not lately. Okay. Um, Indiana Athletics announces partnership with Molson Coors Beverage Company. I am talking about Indiana University. Their athletics department will partner with the Molson Coors Beverage Company to make Coors Light the exclusive domestic beer sponsor of Indiana Athletics, according to a press release Thursday. Improving the game day experience for Hoosier fans has been a high priority for our department, and we are excited to team with a great sponsor with a proven track record of working with other schools, Athletic Director Scott Dolson said in the release. We are also excited that Molson Corps shares our commitment to encouraging people to drink and behave responsibly before, during, and after our events. 
Molson Coors will be able to use the script Indiana logo on its promotion, so get ready to post those cans. The rooftop at the Rock, an open-air spectator area in the south end zone of Memorial Stadium, will now feature a Molson Coors branded beer garden. Additionally, Molson Coors established a $10,000 annual grant to support campaigns and initiatives promoting responsible drinking in the Indiana University and Bloomington communities. There you go. Coors Light is coming to Indiana, folks. How do you feel about schools uh, being allowed to partner with beverage companies such as Molson Coors? I mean, because I know, I don't know if they do it now, but I remember back when we were going to San Jose State over, and I'm not talking about San Jose State, but I remember going to Stanford games and there was no beer sold in the stadium from what I remember. But then again, I might have been too young. Okay, so I think the partnership is good. There's a, there's money to be made. I remember my days at San Jose State. There was a I know for soccer games uh, at the like um, they sold beer, but I remember hearing a thing too that how we were grandfathered in um, before the NCAA made their thing. So um, I know for sure the arena, the, the basketball games, we were allowed to sell beer there because hmm. I remember getting game. Uh, football, I don't remember as much because I, I really didn't go to that many games. And <laughs> when I did, uh, I was loaded before I even walked in. So <laughs> I really didn't. <laughs> At the tailgates? Yeah. Okay. So, um, you know, this whole new, uh, I guess, this, this whole new animal of uh, what college sports is going to be with this uh, name, image, likeness, uh, um, Profitability for uh, students, yeah, is really gonna like. Uh, I think it's gonna be the wild west for a while. We really don't know what what the final outcome is gonna be, how it's gonna work, because mm-hmm. you know there's there's kids getting money already up front just for being on top of just for going to that school, you know, and then there's gonna be uh, kids making a lot of money and then uh, kids making crazy money, yeah. So for, for what they're doing, I mean, uh, you know, the term crazy money is. I get it. It's subjective by uh, whoever, uh, what you call it? whoever, uh, well, <laughs> has money. Yeah. But what I'm trying to say is that, <laughs> yeah, it's like, is it they're going to be one day where like a student athlete gets more than a coach? That, that's going to be really interesting, you know? And then, of course, are they worth it? So no. on. Now you're 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 speculating this on alcohol money coming in and helping fund the the players' uh, competitions. Right. Well, not no. Well, that's the thing. I don't know if they could directly sponsor, or if they should be directly sponsoring students, especially mm. if they're not twenty one. However, it could give uh, the athletic department the money to give every student like right. a flat salary up front. Because that's what they're talking about. Like a lot of the smaller programs, or a lot of the like the programs that they can do that. Just hey, okay. Not only or is the whole team on scholarship. You know, you guys during the season will make you know freaking twenty thousand dollars. You know, paid mm-hmm. out over okay. the ten weeks. You know what I mean? Or the eleven weeks. You know, something like that. And then of course, bonus for uh, for, for games and what. So corporate sponsorships such as Molson Coors and and other corporations too. Uh, will fund this money and 
are you thinking there might be some kind of conflict of interest or maybe some immorality because the kids aren't even 21 yet? And when we're talking about the beer companies, I mean. Um, no, because they're, they're, they're giving it to the, um, to the school. Right. It's the school that's been around. So yeah, maybe, uh, yeah, because maybe that, that, that money mm-hmm. could be funneled directly into the scholarship fund. Right. And then student, student income could come from, uh, you know, other sources. I mean, colleges are rich. I mean, don't get fooled. You yeah. know, it's not like they're going to shut off like tomorrow if the, if the football team disappears. Right. Why do you think it takes so, uh, students so long to fucking pay them off? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, you know, it, you you opened up uh, you opened up some questions in my head now, or not questions, but like you you gave me some food for thought because I didn't even think about it that way. That's uh, very interesting. But so I'm glad I brought it up. That's nice. That's cool. Thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> all right that's all i have for this week in the beer news um so do you know what that means i think I it's time for everyone's favorite segment on cold brew because it's my favorite segment it's time for the cold brew list as we proceed let me ask you this hmm what are you gonna be doing for Labor Day week? Ooh, one of the real holidays, right? Exactly. Because I get it off, so so it's a real holiday. I don't know, probably uh, backyard grilling, um, hanging out with my daughter, splashing around the pool, eating hot dogs, hamburgers, and whatnot, and and snacks, and a lot of junk food, I guess. <laughs> Why do you ask? Right. Well, I mean. Holiday cookouts are awesome because they're they're big gatherings. However, mm-hmm. you could you know still do a, a, a traditional summer cookout just for no reason at all with friends and oh, family yeah. when you uh, yep. feel like hanging out. So I have a list of the best beer and potato chip pairings for <laughs> such a cake. That's awesome. <laughs> just yeah. potato chips, or do they do, do they include like tortilla chips too? No, just potato chips. Okay, all right. Alright. So no particular order. Yeah. How about this? How about you say a beer style and I'll tell you the chip. Alright, well let's uh, talk about everyone's favorite could because they're most popular right now. Uh IPAs. IPAs, they say a sour cream and onion chip. Oh okay. The happy goodness, the happy goodness pairs perfectly with oniony zing and sour cream tang. I could see that. I've been schooled recently by uh, my good friend, our good friend, Rachel Bierkowski, that because um, I always thought spicy foods go good with IPAs. And she said, nope, that's actually incorrect. Um, so IPAs with sour cream. And you said uh, sour cream and onion. That that'd be that's that's great. That's a that's a right up that train of thought. There you go. Pick it up here. Oh, uh, let me see here. What about stout? Do they have stout on there? Um. Or what's the closest to stout? Okay. Uh, amber, amber uh, ales. Everyone loves wait, amber. Hold on, hold on. Oh, you found one? Go, go, going back. Uh, except closest thing to stout. Yeah. We have a porter. Okay. Yeah. Let's do it. Porters. Porter and barbecue chips. Oh wow. Hmm. I wonder <laughs> why. 
It's, it says these chips, these chips help bring out a porter's smoky sweet flavor. Oh, what about the? Did they cover the dirt? Right. Flavor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next, amber ales. Uh, dang, amber did not make this list. Amber, red, anything like that? Uh, how about um? Nah. Then how about? Oh, Hef. Hefeweizen's got to be on there. Okay, this isn't going like I thought. <laughs> <laughs> or not even a Belgian wit. Something like something close to that? No. Wow. <laughs> if there was, I would have brought it up. All right, a uh, lager then. A Pilsner. Okay, well, the lager, they say unsalted potato chips. They, they make those? I guess. <laughs> All right, then. Uh, if you're... It says if you're eating a, oh, this is kind of a side, I guess. If you're eating a chip without salt, you might as well be drinking a macro <laughs> adjunct block. That's funny. <laughs> oh man, how about a? Let me see here. Wait, wait, wait. Going back because you said it too. I know you said lager, but they have Pilsner too. Mm. So Pilsner, they suggest the salted potato chip because. Nothing washes away the salty goodness of these chips, of these chips down. Wait, I'm sorry. Nothing washes the salty goodness of these chips down quite like a crisp, refreshing tool. Oh, okay. Nice. So, like, just a regular Ruffles potato chip or Lay's would be perfect. Exactly. All right, let's see here. How about a, hmm. How about, do they have sour beer on there? Um... Okay. They have, uh, well, they have a Goza. Okay, that works. That's a sour beer. Yeah. It's uh, a Goza and a, and a rosemary chip. Wow, I didn't even know they had those. I guess those are craft chips, huh? Oh, no. Pretty much. Uh, it says the herb has a strong flavor, which makes a salty sour Goza perfect for pairing. Mm, okay, I gotcha. And then staying with that family, they also have a Flemish red ale. Oh, that's the sour as fuck. <laughs> yeah. So Flemish red ale plus cheddar and sour cream. Oh, I like those chips. I like that. Uh, yeah, I recently had some of those. Those are bomb. Yeah, <laughs> me too. Just like a couple weeks ago, I'm like, wow, I, <laughs> where have these been? I, I've had them before. It's like, <laughs> damn, I forgot about these guys. Yeah, it says the happy goodness pairs perfectly with oniony zing and sour cream tank so just like uh just like which book um wait that's the same thing they wrote for sour cream and onion <laughs> i think that was a mistake because yeah there's flemish red ales aren't hoppy they're sour as hell you can't even taste nothing but sour exactly i think there was a typo in there right. <laughs> oh shit <laughs> That reminds me of a, a bit by... Remember Father Guido Sarducci? Yeah. He had this bit where he used to write the... Uh, he said he used to write the the horoscope for the Vatican newspaper. And he, yeah. he used to make shit up. And then the father started realizing... Hey, like, I, I had the same horoscope yesterday. <laughs> He's just reusing horoscopes because he didn't know what the hell he was doing. Oh, yeah. cracked myself up. Uh, do they have a uh, a Belgian Belgian beers on there at all? Okay, hold on. Go 
Yep. Yes, they have a Belgian double. Nice. A Belgian double and a sweet potato chip. Okay. Huh, I want to hear the, about this one. A sweet chip that is also a bit savory brings out the caramelized sugar in the beer. You sold me. <laughs> right? Twist my arm. I'll, I'll try that. Granted, I didn't. I don't know if I ever had a sweet potato. Sweet potato. potato. And, and again, another craft chip. Right. You know, this is awesome. Like, I, I, I know when, when they come around, the Girl Scout cookies, breweries always do, like, you know, pairings with Girl Scout cookies. They should be doing them with potato chips. Maybe, exactly. There's got to there's be some breweries out there that have done this before. This, this can't be the first time anyone's ever thought of it. Exactly. All right, I'm running out of uh, style ideas, so you just, uh, just go down the rest of the list. All right, so uh, the Kolsch beer okay. goes well with that dill pickle. Goes well with that dill pickle potato chip. Okay, I can kind of see that. Is the pucker of these chips mm-hmm. needs a crisp Kolsch to cut through the intense flavor. There you go, perfect. Next is a pale ale mm-hmm. with salt and pepper chips. Oh, because the savoriness of the salt and pepper and the pale ale pe- pairs perfectly then. Something like that. Yeah. It's a yeah, it's a salty with a bit of bite. These chips pair well with the light happiness of pale ale. Alright. Here's one. Grapefruit IPA and jalapeno chips. Ah, uh, really? I don't know. I I Okay. What what's the reasoning behind that? It's, you need to beat the heat, so go with a citrus infused IPA. Think of the combo. As a jalapeno margarita. Hmm. I I just think the the what do you call it the the citrus acid you know the citrus flavor makes me think of citric acid and pairing that with a jalapeno which is already assaulting your your palate just doesn't sound right. It really doesn't. Hmm. But that's my maybe that's my uh, I like I said I'm unsophisticated man. Well, in many ways. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, moving on. The Dijon beer goes with honey Dijon. Yep. No, I don't, I don't think I've ever seen that house as well. Yeah, me neither. That's what, exactly what I was about to say. So it says the bite of the mustard is tamed by the Honey and helps bring out the complex flavors of this farmhouse ale. Oh, all right. I can see that. That seems logical to me. All right. And last on this list is the ESB. Extra special bitters, right? Yeah. ESB. Goes well with salt and vinegar chips. Okay. All right. I, I, I don't have any argument against that. Alright, so the, depending in, on your chip of choice, it can be either heavier in salt or in vinegar. The classic English beer pairs nicely with both, no matter the balance. So with the ESBs and the porter, uh, and maybe, and you could also say the pale ale, um, would they be chips or crisps? 
Hi-yo, I see what you did there. <laughs> little nod to our uh, friends across the pond. I don't have any friends. <laughs> we got a lot of enemies over there, though, right? Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, ain't nothing better than a friend of me. Pretty much. All right. A good list, man. Especially coming up with... Hey, look at us. Coming up with the list prior to the holiday instead of uh, the weekend after the holiday <laughs> oh man good list how's your beard treating you bro good good gone damn that was quick all right so we are going to untap our beers right now so uh Get my phone out here, and you had. Remind me again. I forget. I had from from Shiner. Oh, that's right, Shiner. Not Shiner Buck. Right. Uh, Orale. 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 There it is from Spetzel Brewery. That's actually the name of the uh, the brewery that makes Shiner. Orale, and they have the the upside down exclamation mark in the in the the the, the what do you call it the, the beginning of the word and the exclamation mark at the end of the word. Uh, is there a name for the upside down exclamation mark, or we just call it upside down exclamation mark? I forgot. If there is, I forgot. Oh, okay. All right. Then of the you know those. Those language uh, language arts people, they have names for every little every little thing. <laughs> Alright, uh, what would you like to rate this beer at? We give it a 375. Oh, okay. Um, none of our friends have rated it and has an overall rating right now of 3.62. So you want to give it a 375. What are your notes for this? Um, Chris? Yep. Oh, I see what you did there. Like the like the potato chip story yeah. you just did. Nice. No, what do I want to say? It's crisp. It's refreshing and crushable. Sheen and crushable. All right. Save and check in. Now I had this uh, cryptosis stroop waffle. God, this is a great beer, man. This is like drinking syrup, though. It is. It's big. It's bold. It's got a ton of flavors. Um, it's sweet. It's uh, it's a lot. It's warm. It. And I'm getting drunk off just this one beer. So I will check in on it right now. Hmm. There's a couple of different ones. Barrel age cryptosis. There's cryptosis. I'll just do this one. Barrel Age Cryptosis Droop Waffle 2022. Excuse, excuse me, I'm burping. This one says, yeah, 16.8%. So that's right. As an overall rating of 4.29. I was going to give it a 4.25 anyway. So we're right there. Um, it's going to call it big, bold, and sophisticated. Should I spell it wrong or correctly? Yes. 
and save and check in. All right. Got a lot of badges. We don't need no stinking badges. Let me know. And you brought up with your list story, you brought up uh, potato chips. Do you have like favorite chips? Like potato chips, tortilla chips, you know, buffalo chips? Um, geez. I, I like a lot. I like too many to say I have a favorite favorite. Okay. It also depends on what I'm in the mood for. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. I think when when I was so, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So that said, it just it, it's too many to name, but I mean, you know, all the good ones, the 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 classic Doritos. Right. Oh man. So yeah, back in the day. I used to love the Cool Ranch. I still like them, but man, uh, like when I was a teenager, that was it. That was like that was my go-to. Hey, yeah. Have you tried the uh, the Flame and Hot Cool Ranch? Yeah. Yes, I have. Yeah, they're all right. They're all right. I I I like the Flame and Hot Nachos better though. I guess because I like that cheesiness. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, yeah, any of those those spicy Doritos, like the Salsa Verde ones, and the there, there was a couple other the spicy. Tapatio. The tapatio ones, there you go. Yeah, that, those were good. The uh, even before the uh, the flaming hot nachos, they had the spicy nacho ones. Those were good. So yeah, those are those are always good. But it's it's always it's also sometimes uh, nice or kind of like comforting to go back to the old classics like the regular ruffles or lays or even the sour cream and onions. I used to like those and um and some of the. Some of the Pringles are all right, but I, I do like their marketing thing. How they they get you to buy like three different uh, what <laughs> tennis ball canisters of them, so you can stack them, right? That the marketing. I just know that they uh, they have that whole stackable uh, or that whole the whole canister thing. Yeah, but I mean they, they they want you to try like like mix them so that you you can make like your own uh, your own flavors. And so it's a marketing thing uh-huh. to get you to buy like three or four of them so you could stack them all and say, oh, you know, I'm eating a, like a sausage pizza stack. Okay. I, I get what you're saying. I, I didn't realize that they were doing that. Oh, yeah. Oh, big time, man. Yeah. I guess maybe you just haven't seen the commercials I have. <laughs> yeah. I'm not in the chip candy. Hmm. You know what? Maybe I've seen them like during football games and you're at the you're at the games. So you don't see the, the commercials that I do. That, that that could be it. <laughs> hey, speaking of football games, man, so the 49ers had their first uh their first preseason game. I know we, you know, people always make a big deal if if the the game goes well and they make a big deal if the game doesn't go well, you know, either side of the coin, but you know, we've been watching this enough times to to not get too swayed one way or the other. What did you think of uh, the 49ers performance in, in their first preseason game? Uh, they look good considering, uh, you know, a lot of the, the, the frontline guys weren't even in the game. Yeah, Obviously, uh, you know, Tank was in there, right? Or what's his name? Williams? Wasn't their, their left tackle. Oh. Trent. Oh, yeah, Trent. Yeah, Trent. Yeah. Yeah, like, well, that was the thing. Uh, like, so obviously, I was just watching uh, Trey Lance. I was watching uh, Kinlaw just because he's come off an injury. He mm-hmm. was a high pick to see uh, how he did with uh, with some live rounds. And then, uh, you know, our highest pick, which was uh, Drake Jackson, who did get 
he got hurt in the game, but it, it was a shoulder stinger, and mm. he actually wanted to go. I read or I heard he wanted to go back into the game, so the fans and he knew he was going to be all right. But they they, they held him out. Yeah, so, it's like hey, hey, hey those, it's it's uh, first game. You'll, you'll be back next week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And for those of you not familiar, a stinger is just like a little nerve uh, nerve shock. It, it's not it's not a ligament, it's not a muscle. It's just mm-hmm. kind of a pinched nerve that. Uh, you know, it could tingle from your shoulder to your arm, depending on where it was. I think everyone's familiar with like hitting their funny bone. That's like a stinger. It's like a right. mild stinger. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I mean, a, a pro football player getting a stinger with the impacts they do, yeah, that could make your old hand numb for oh yeah yeah for half right. a day. You know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah. No, I get it. Um, I I that that, that six was a sixty three yard pass. That Trey Lance threw just he didn't have that ball last year. All of his his throws were like you know bullets, and that was like it yeah. had touch to it. And that was that was my favorite play. Not, not just because it was a touchdown. The guy could have caught it and he could have been you know and then ran out of bounds. I still would have loved that play the most out of out of all the plays just because it showed um, growth. Definitely. In fact, too. Um- the, the guy who caught it, uh, Gray. Yeah. Is it Danny Gray? Oh, uh, you know, I I, I, yeah, I forgot to. Yeah. He, he was our second, third round pick. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he's a, he's a speedster. Um, and they were saying up front that he was having a rough, uh, a rough training camp. So, uh, I didn't, I'm not saying, you know, that he solved everything. With one play. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, yeah. With one play, but, but he's showing promise. And, but, uh, going back, um, Especially because you got the local feed, right? Yeah, yeah, we did get the uh, uh, yeah. what's his name, Greg Papa feed. Yeah, you know he was all over his feed. It is a uh, what he called the four three three, like they kept mm-hmm. on repeating it. You know, when you think about it, you know the the upgrade from Garoppolo to Lance is uh, it is the big arm, right? The stronger, uh, yeah, stronger throws. And uh, yeah, then you could actually need a. Some personnel that could actually exploit that as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, he's supposedly the fastest receiver, but that McLeod guy is supposed to be pretty fast too. Right? Yeah, he was a speedster. He's a re- he's more of a, a return guy as far as uh, you right. know. Maybe he's more quick than than all flat out speed. Right, but uh, he had a nice touchdown. You know what I'm saying, I mean, yeah. he burned his guy and yep. he had a nice. Oh but, yeah, that that uh you know, that little like the little juke step, and then he went uh, like a post pattern, right? Right, he totally burned his guy. It was like a, it was like an in and go. Right? Yeah. Um, what I want to say is, yeah, the, the Niners got fast all of a sudden too. Not just with the big arm, but the thing is, you're not going to see that speed unless you could use that speed. You know. Yeah, which is a little bit different than the the Shanahan game. Like in prior years, it was always you know it was the dink and dunk, and then but like you know seventy percent run. <laughs> Yeah, you know, you'd be surprised that, that actually the Niners were one of the, the league leaders in uh, in uh, in long yardage plays. Oh yeah, well thanks to Debo and <laughs> you know what I mean, right? And, and Kittle, but uh, no, I, I I get it. Um, it just uh, you know, I don't want to overreact, but there was a couple plays that I was like, oh, okay, I, I saw growth, and so that you know, very promising. Um, I'm not saying Lance is going to take us to the promised land this year, but as long as he, keep, he keeps doing the, you know, the incremental steps, then he's going to be a good quarterback, and, and we're going to have a, 
a great squad. Word, that's plan. As long as you don't get hurt. Um, now, did you, did you, uh, were you able to come up with the list of garbage pill kits? Oh shit! I forgot to do that. <laughs> All right, so, that's fine. No. Um, but I, I don't want to, I don't want to pass it by because I did. So you can, you could just piggyback off, off my list. All right. So first, like I said last week, was my favorite was uh, Greaser Greg, because you know my name's Greg, and it was like the, you know, like the 1950s, uh, like, you know, uh, like a Motorhead slash gangster, like think Danny Zuko from from, from Greece, for lack of a better uh, term, or even better, the Outsiders, because the, the, they were Greasers. The fun. The there you go. The Fonz. You know he he had his well he had a switchblade, but it was one of those combs, right? Wasn't he combing his head with the switchblade? I have no idea. Um, but I it remember, was I, I vaguely remember the pose. I don't remember the details. You know. Oh, okay. And now I'll, uh, for those of you who don't know, the Garbage Pail Kids came out in the '80s, like mid '80s. They were supposed to be a parody of the Cabbage Patch Kids, which came out. They had the cherub faces and. Um, they were just the dolls that people went crazy for and they were kind of making fun of those and coming up with their own names and just making them grow so they had like the the cute chubby faces but they were all like um like greaser greg uh, but i think the number one that was the one that everyone wanted the second on my list the one that everybody wanted and still like maybe the most coveted garbage pail kid card of all time is adam bomb oh yeah he was he, he was the logo he was the logo he was the logo of the first series or even i don't know if the second and third series did they keep him on or did they switch the logo uh, on the the pack of the cards um i thought he was on there for quite a while yeah i think quite you're right yeah um so uh, his uh, his counterpart though because they always had uh the same uh picture but they gave him two names so it was like 1a and 1b and 2a and 2b so everyone had two or every image had two names so the other name was blasted billy i forgot what greaser greg's counterpart was who greaser greg's counterpart was though and i couldn't find it I, I, what's that chris hiss oh you remember okay all right nice <laughs> how'd you remember that you just remember off the top of your head or did you look no i remember oh wow yeah i forgot about that but do you remember who the so adam bomb wasn't even the 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 number one card in the series it was number four and blasted billy I think Adam Bomb was 4A, Blastability was 4B. Do you remember who the number one was? I do. Oh, wow. Oh, nice. Good. I, I looked it up. Who, who was it? Series one number one was a uh, little vampire, Nasty Nick. Nasty Nick was 1A. He was the number one garbage pill kid. Do you remember uh, his number, the 1B? I, I can't think of that one. Evil Eddie. Oh. Yeah, Evil Eddie was 1B. So they were the first two Garbage Pail Kids. Um, you know who else I liked? He's, he's next on my list was Hothead Harvey. Okay. Do you remember that? Do you remember Hothead Harvey? Was it the one with the Tabasco sauce? No, Hothead Harvey. It, it total like, uh, if you didn't know, because of the name, you, you might think that. But it was the... Um, like uh magnus supreme is that his name the the transformer oh uh what's it called 
Ultra Magnus. Ultra Magnus. There you go. Ultra Mag. He looked like Ultra Magnus, but with like a, a, a like a tank uh, cannon coming out of his head. He had the same like he was a transformer looking dude, but he had a like a and he had the Ultra Magnus colors like the the blue and the white mostly with kind of like red peppered in there. And but he had like a a tank cannon coming out of his head. Hot head Harvey. And I don't remember huh. his. Uh, I don't know if you want to look him up while I, uh, while I stop for time. But, um, and then there was. Uh, you know, yeah. You know what series he was? No, I do not. I, I want to say he was like series three, maybe. Okay. We had a lot of series two because we, you and I, like you know, we grew up in the eighties, and when they came out, um, we kind of collected them series one, but you and I started collecting really in earnest, like series two and three and four or five. I think maybe all the way to six, and then we kind of got, we kind of started getting uh, I just bored of them, I guess, or outgrew them. I don't know. I don't know what to say. Or maybe they stopped making them for a while because they they're back. Like you can find like current ones, like 2015 edition and stuff like that. But they aren't as you know, they're not as iconic as they were. But you know what? Another one I really liked, and it's next on my list. Drew Blood. Do you remember Drew Blood? That's, that's Is that the guy who like hammered his own finger or something like that? No, no. Drew Blood was the the wrestler, and he's all tied up in knots in the ring. Oh. And he had like blood coming out of his nose and stitches all over his face and a black eye. Of course, you know, the cute little um, Cabbage Patch Kid type face going on with him. But yeah, I, uh, Drew Blood was uh, the other one I liked. And then going down the list, I have actually like oh, I'm a, looking, Yeah. You know what? I'm looking at High Head Herbie. He looks more like a Robotech character than Ultra Magnus. Oh, okay. All right. But I was thinking it. So, oh. I was and thinking then, um, Transformers, and he's got the, the closest Transformer as color scheme would be Ultra Magnus, right? Yeah, the red, white, and blue. Yeah. Okay. I, I get what you're saying, the Ultra Magnus, but no, he, he looks more like a Robotech. Okay. Which, by the way, um, uh, what? Jetfire was a Robotech ripoff, or like they borrowed the. Uh, oh, the, uh, the Jetfire. Body. Yeah. Yeah, they, they really did, huh? <laughs> And then, um, now I'm I'm scrolling through because uh, I found a list and and I didn't I didn't write them down. I was just looking through them like, ooh, yeah, I remember that guy. So I'm scrolling through right now. Oh, and the the last one, the last one on my list is Joe Blow. Oh, uh, the classic Bazooka Joe. Yeah, that's that's why. Because I used to like I used to love Bazooka. I I don't know why, man. Those gums were so terrible and the the comics weren't even that great but it was just a nice novelty so yeah joe blow exactly I, I, that's awesome you remember those like some of these i forgot about until i i saw the uh the images again and there's different websites like uh where you can go to and they'll tell you like the most valuable ones like i know there's i saw on ebay someone is trying to auction uh an atom bomb and it's certified the PSA gem 10 or whatever it is, but they're trying to auction it for 250,000. But when you go look at all the other like garbage pill kids and even some atom bombs, like the, the highest I saw was like about 8,000. So I don't know what this guy's thinking. Maybe he's just trying to get a sucker, right? One born every minute. Pretty much. Yeah. Um, yeah. So here's one. Uh, yeah. 
Let's see, Adam Bomb blasted Billy, the number one. Bad Breath Seth. I didn't really care for that dude, but he's on there. Brutal Brad. Cut Up Carmen was kind of cool. Because it was like a garbage pill kid that had the dotted line around it and was cutting itself out. I think uh, the counterpart was dotted Lionel, if I remember correctly. <laughs> um, oh, Doe Do Boyd. I like Doe Boyd. Look like Pillsbury Doe Boy. And a finger was like poking it and cupcakes was shooting out of its ass. And the counterpart was Pillsbury. Oh, and one more. Yeah. Last one, I, I should have put this one on my list, was Electric Bill. Oh. I want to say he was Series was 2, it? maybe? Was he getting shocked? Yeah, he was in the electric chair, and he was getting shocked. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, crazy. Wow, you remember a lot, uh, a lot more than I did, man. Right. That's awesome. But yeah, garbage bill kids, man. They were fun. I wonder if uh, if I can find some if, if my daughter would like them. I think it might be right up her alley, man. She she just turned 11, so. And that's kind of around the age of, that we were at when we liked them. She likes gross stuff sometimes. Pretty much. All right, man. Um, anything else you'd like to add to this episode? Um... Not sure uh, when we're going to record next week, but uh, the next uh, Game of Thrones series are, is going to be on. Hmm. Hopefully we can talk about it. I don't have HBO. I have to try to get HBO. Okay. Yeah, I got a... Well, you know, in, you know I got my buddy who, who works for uh, the cable company, and I was talking with him because he came to my daughter's birthday party because he lived right across the street from my daughter. And he said he was going to hook me up with faster internet maybe i'll hit him up for uh for hbo max right so we'll talk about it we'll we'll, maybe maybe we will maybe we will all right thank you for downloading yet again another cold brew podcast i am greg he is sorcerer chromatic and we'd like to wish you cheers until next time